The following is a part of the Radio Memphis On Demand service. It originally aired live on Radio Memphis and has been edited for time. Here on this Tuesday, the 14th day of May, it's a couple of minutes past the uh, the, the, the nooner, if you will. But uh, hey, as promised, we've got, uh, we've got some musicians that came in all the way from Nashville. <laughs> Friendship Commanders are here. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey Rick, Hi. happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Anytime. I'm glad you guys came down. You're Buick, right? I'm Buick. Yes, and this is Jerry. This is Jerry. Well, good to see you guys. I know you guys have a you have a show tonight over at PNH. We do. Yeah, it's our Midtown. It's our second time playing there. We were here about a year ago. That's a fun room. It is a fun room. We're looking forward to it, and we're playing with local other local acts. So we're playing with Beg, who Mm -hmm. are a, a punk duo here. Yeah. And then a solo artist named Lisa Michaels. Yes. Yes, I know Lisa. Awesome. Yes, and Beg. They're they're great. It'll be a fun time over there. Killer. We're looking forward to it. Yeah. Be sure and grab a burger while you're there. They have good food there. Do they? Yes, they do. Maybe had fries last time. Oh, I think you're right. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah the P and H is a it's a that's that's a that's an institution in this town. That's that's one of the one of the really cool last of the great dive bars here in town. You know. Yeah, we were reading a little bit about its history the last time we were in town because yeah. they have some pieces up about it on their walls, which was cool. The poor and hungry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Tell me about uh, tell me about you uh, the, the band here, uh, Friendship Commanders. What's what's the story with you guys? We are a duo, so I, I'm Buick, and I play guitar, and I sing the lead vocals, yeah. and uh, Jerry plays drums and sings harmony vocals, and um, it's a lot of energy. Uh, we've been a band for about six years, and we just recently released our second album, which is called Bill, yeah. which we're touring on for the foreseeable future. Uh, today is actually the first day of this tour. We're just out for a week right now. Um, and we are uh, social justice activists and... Um, uh, community members in Nashville try to try to advocate for positive things and positive change and equality. Sure. And we make loud music about it. Well, that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's nothing wrong with that at all. I, you know, that we've we've got several duos in town, as you know. I yes. mean, you know, uh, drums and guitar, and um, it's 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 at first, you know, you think. God, you are, y'all are missing something, but you're not. I mean, you can you you seem to work fine without a bassist. So thank you, yeah, appreciate I mean, it. <laughs> you know, because because you wonder if you, can you really work without it. But yeah, you can. And uh, you know, obviously your your playing has to reflect a little bit of that. So you got to carry all the end. There is a lot to carry on stage. I mean, I I think you know both of us have been in bands with more than two members before. Sure. This is the only duo I've toured with, and it's. Uh, I always say that the stakes are high. There's no net with a duo. You're no. The only, <laughs> you're the no, there's only, no net at all. You're the only people generating sound, and I'm the only person that plays stringed instrument on stage. So flubs are, are noticeable. Uh, holes are noticeable. Yeah. It's, so it's, it is um, a constant effort to keep it all up. But, um, but I also, I've come to really enjoy that challenge, and I've come to enjoy accommodating the two-piece and learning about how much sound I need to be generating to fill that space. So sure. it isn't just like high end with drums, you know, right. so I play through two rigs live. I play through a bass rig and a guitar rig. And right. it's the same signal, but it really does hold down that bottom end that you're hearing. Yeah. Cause you're not really missing it. You know, when I first heard the stuff, I'm like, that sounds like there's more than two <laughs> that are, that are going on because you know, you are generating a lot of, a lot of sound. We are. Yeah. I mean, well, and there's the other benefit to it uh, as well. It's one less you have to pay. 
Yes. Not <laughs> not to put too fine a point on it, well, but in, you know, in the modern touring economy, that's really kind of life or death almost. Oh uh, sure, sure. And yeah. also, like if you're staying with people, two people are easy are easier to put up than three. I mean, sure. it, everything about it is a little bit easier. <laughs> it is a little bit easier. <laughs> both eat similarly. That's not a problem. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it works out fine. Yeah. Although yeah. there is no tiebreaker, so when we're at a stalemate, we're really at a stalemate. <laughs> well, yeah, there there is that. So it, it be, that democracy gets a little weird. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Rock, paper, scissors. This is how we're going to settle this. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, I've been in, I've, I've toured in groups where, like, there were a couple people that didn't drink coffee. So sometimes they'd be like, we don't really need to stop for coffee in the morning, do we, guys? I'm like, are you a monster? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> you're out of the band. <laughs> yeah, you're done. <laughs> On principle. <laughs> we're going to drop you here at the next truck stop and let you figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what about the name? What's uh, what's the story behind uh, Friendship Commanders? Where'd that come from? Friendship Commanders came from a jacket that I found in a in an antique store ten years ago. So several years before we started the band, yeah. and it, it said Friendship Commanders on the back. It was a Letterman jacket, and I said, "What does that mean?" It sounded like a super like a Muppet superhero team. To yeah, me. it does. Yeah, and. Um, I've been wearing that jacket every winter for ten years, and when we started the <laughs> band, I said, you know. I think we just need to call the band Friendship Commanders because it cuts out the option to take ourselves too seriously. Right. You know, we didn't want to have a name that was like so self-important or dramatic that it was like we couldn't live up to it. And sure. so <laughs> we decided to call the band Friendship Commanders. And um, I do think it provides sort of a funny buffer between what people expect and what we are. <laughs> yeah, it's not a children's show that's no, about to not. unfold there for you. No, there's it's not as friendly as it sounds. <laughs> no, it's not that. No, but there, but there again, you know, there's you know, for, for fans of of what you guys are doing, you yeah. know, with with your with your style of music, it's it does it, it it's it's cool. Yeah, it, thank it, you. It really is kind of it's kind of cool. Uh, so so you guys are from Nashville. Yeah. Nashville is an interesting city. You know, there's that funny little rivalry between Memphis and Nashville. That's what we've come to. Jerry's actually from there, so he knows yeah, more about I'm it than native, I do. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah we, we always have this you know, this running gag about how people, well, not people, but the, like the city of Nashville, for example, likes to think of Memphis as being North Mississippi yeah. and not really Tennessee at all, which is fine by me. I mean, it, it, the music scene is so different between the two cities. The cultures are remarkably different. Oh, it's, it's, We're three hours apart. It's different planets. It's different planets. Yeah. It's, well, and, and there is there is a lot of connective tissue between music that happened in Mississippi and Memphis. Yeah. The blues yeah. history. Oh, yeah. So the blues and the rock and roll type, you know, vibe. For sure. You know, it's... The the country uh, scene is not really a thing here. I mean, there is some, but there's not a, it's not it's not huge. You know, right. It leans more to, like, southern fried rock than it does, you know, straight ahead country and you have so much great garage band and noise oh rock here God, it's yeah. just a completely different even the rock music is different than the rock music in nashville you know? is the rock scene a big thing in nashville uh you know it it has been uh at times right now nashville being probably the fastest growing city in america yeah. there isn't a whole lot of room for it anymore really so, because of the economic reality of being in a rock band i mean yeah. it's not it's not the money making genre of that city right. at this time and, so and, and you know like the local independent scene never really reflected the business that was happening there so right. the music business was always just within the city but the people making the city the making the music in the city that was the original independent music was never countryfied or anything like that that has changed it's kind of started to reflect the business side I see. So there is still stuff happening, of course, but it's a little, it's just weird now. Yeah. I'm sure Memphis is having its own version of oh, that because it's a yeah. nationwide problem. It is. Uh, this city is, Memphis is a difficult town. Yeah. It, it really is. It's a, it's a hard, it's probably harder than it is in like Nashville. I mean, because we have 
So somebody had said, and I think there was, I'm sure there's some exaggeration here, but there was like 350 working bands in the area yeah. and like 40 clubs. Right. And there's 30, 30 of those clubs are down on Beale. Yeah. You know, and that's all going to be very And do com- a very specific thing. And very specific. Right. And it's going to be commercial. It's going to be blues. It's going to be pop, maybe. Yep. There's only like two or three of those clubs that are playing blues down there, you know. And then the rest of the, the, the venues around here are just so weird and spread out. And they some of them can't stay in business because they're crooked. You know, it's right. it's, a, it's it's a scene, you know. Yep. But, you know, we've also found that, you know, it's kind of a running gag, too, about you can always spot the Memphian in the room. You know, at a show because he's the guy in the back of the room with his arms crossed like mine are right now, and he's just kind of nodding along and go, yeah. "Yeah, that's a fan." You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, he really likes what's happening. He really digs what's yeah. happening, yeah. and and that's when that's when a Memphian is watching a Memphis act. Mm. You know, but we've also found that that bands from Nashville that come to Memphis they do they do really really well here. Yeah, you know, a lot of people like to come out and 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 see what's going on. You know, with with the sound that you guys you know are from. On the other side of the coin, Memphis bands go anywhere in the, in the country, and it's like a you know, hey, that's totally, good. totally, totally thing. I'm a I'm an imposter altogether. I'm not from Tennessee in any way, shape. I'm from Miami, Florida. So I'm from South Texas, so you know I get I mean? it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't participate. I'm here in peace for people that are listening. <laughs> I come I in peace. You know what? Like, yeah. I, please come see my band tonight because I'm from way out of town, and I'm happy to be here. But yeah, I don't participate in the rivalries between the cities because I. Well, how long have you been living in Nashville now? I've been there for 11 years. So I've seen this this arc of change that we're in right now where it was st- – when I bought my house there, it was like – it had been sitting empty for a year. That was what Nashville was right. 10 and 11 years ago before the, the collapse of the economy. It was right. a completely different situation. Sure. I'll say you moved there when it was kind of – it was almost – it was working towards being really cool again. It, it was. was. Cool in the 90s and it was working towards being really cool. Yeah. Not, it was just – it had a very different energy about it. Now, of course, like I couldn't buy my house Again, you know, I, <laughs> right. mean, I really I couldn't afford right. to buy my house now. Sure. If we're in that position. And I'm glad that I did because it affords me the ability to be in a band that doesn't make any money. You know, that is, sure. a, that is a low level touring act at this moment in time. Yeah. So I feel like being in the arts is contingent upon having low overhead. You know? Well, of course it is. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is no longer the reality in Nashville at all. So, yeah, I've heard, I've heard that there's like a lot of, a lot of the old cool places in there getting torn down oh, for, for a, sure. you know, condos and apartments like they're doing here, yeah, you know, and it's, it's terrible and it's high rent, really mm-hmm. ridiculously high rent. And it's like, come on, man. I know. This is this is a tourist and that's town. just to live. So that's not also to have a creative space or a rehearsal space or sure. any of the stuff that you might need to do your work outside of the home. You know, sure. So yeah, it's it's changed quite a bit, but yeah, I'm from out of town, so I'm happy to be here. <laughs> well, and the us. other reality of touring too is it's, it's just not cheap to do. You know, fuel, no. fuel prices, gas prices keep going up and up and up, and you know yeah. it's you know it's it's crazy, and it it's is. not like venues are paying that much more. No, you know, and the tips, you know, good luck. Well, and we're in this weird moment in time where, you know, depending on the kind of show we're playing, we sell merch, we sell vinyl, and, and, and we're happy to have vinyl. But it is a streaming reality now. So yep. there are people who just literally do not have machinery with which to play physical media. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Tori, for people listening, like, we're, we're making money off of what we're selling in T-shirts and in and in merch. records. Really, yeah. truly. I mean, you know, venues do pay, obviously. But, sure. Um but if we make a few hundred bucks selling T-shirts, I mean, it makes it worth it. It's it makes it possible and worth it, and and we feel like we're doing something that we couldn't just be doing from home. Well, sure, and you never know who's going to be in the audience sure. or who's going to catch your sound and go, oh, hey, I want to do something here. You know, yeah. and we really do like meeting 
I like getting outside of just where I live. I like going to different communities and yeah. seeing what their bands sound like and what their coffee tastes like. <laughs> if, I, if I don't, if I don't tour for an extended period of time, I feel yeah, we get empty, like I'm missing something. Yeah, so. yeah, you get that wanderlust, and you got to get out there and go, go see it and go do it. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned you're you're out on the road uh, this time out for a week. Uh, yep. So Memphis is the first stop. Where Memphis is stop one. We just drove here this morning. Yeah. Okay. And then where where are you going to after after tonight? We're in New Orleans tomorrow. <clears throat> yeah. And the shows are all on a straight road. We don't have a day off. So New Orleans, uh, Houston, Texas. Bryan College Station. Yes. Arlington, which is the Fort Worth area of uh-huh. Texas, uh-huh. and then Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Fayetteville, Arkansas. Well, that's quite a quite a run. It's a haul. It's, it's quite a run right there. <laughs> well, that'll be good. That'll, yeah. that'll be that'll be really good. Yeah. So tell me about the album, Bill. That's the tracks that you sent us, right? Yeah. So we made this record um, up at Electrical Audio in Chicago with Steve Albini. He recorded and co-produced it with us. And uh, we made it in Studio B with the giant three-story ceiling, you yeah. know, the giant room. And it was a delight. And we are gratefully out talking about it and playing the songs live. Um, how about how about we play one of the tracks? Let's do. Which one you want? Let's start with Horrify. Yeah. What's the story behind that tune? Oh, Horrify Hor- is about... Um, it's about how easy it is to attack the people right around us instead of zooming out and looking at the bigger issues in the world. Hold your fire. Makes sense. <laughs> Lofty goal, yeah. but it makes sense. But that's what that's what it's all about. Yeah. All right. Well, let's give it a spin. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about it, and uh, and we'll grab another track too. How Great. about that? Thank okay. You. So here it is. This is Friendship Commanders. The song is called Horrify, and you're listening to it. It's brand new right here at Radio Memphis. <laughs>
go. New music from Friendship Commanders here in Horrify here at Radio Memphis, debuting it right here on this uh, on the station. That's a hell of a sound. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you very much. That's uh, that's loud and out there in your face. We're supposed to be. Thank you. Yeah, we chose to work with Steve because we wanted it to sound as much like our live show as possible, and we thought yeah. Steve might be the man to be able to pull that off. Well, yeah, because and there's that there's that weird thing as 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 an artist, you know, you get into the studio, and go, okay, we're going to make a record. And then you're thinking if you're if you're smart, you're thinking ahead of all right. I've got to put this on a stage at some point. So how much yeah. of how much is this going to be similar, or is it going to be different? You know, because some like guitar players will a lot of times, and I've seen this happen, where they get into the studio and they will lay down like the solo, yeah. and then they'll say, oh, you know what? I need to dial this back a little bit and save some. It doesn't of this. happen much. No, yeah. no, you guys just yeah. go with it. Just, yeah, this yeah. is just what we sound like. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Even to the extent that I tried not to do too many vocals that wouldn't, ha- you know, occasionally there's a double or something like, but it's it's very um, sparing on this record. We just wanted it to be really authentic to what you would hear if you came to see us. So if you like the track, you would like us live. Yeah, you know? and you, I, I would I would assume you recorded it live as well, did you? We did. We we tracked the guitar and the the guitars and the drums together, and then I cut vocals. Sure. You know. That's what we do here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I get it. Yeah. Um, but Late. I was in the room with my amps, which is why all the feedback is so present and live right. the whole record, so that it would stay active like that. So, yeah, it's all bleeding through the mics on the drums and all that fun stuff. Yeah. It was pretty awesome. Well, yeah, the, the feedback school at the end when she cuts the note off really abruptly, that the reverb you're hearing is in the drum mics. It's yep. in the drum room. Yeah. And that's through a double pane glass door sure so y'all were loud in the in the studio too yeah, yeah right we just did it exactly i mean exactly the way we do it live and yeah. steve just mic'd it for that there you go so the, the amps aren't even separately recorded i mean they're each mic'd but they're happening they're being they're not isolated at the same time no, no yeah. they're right next to yeah each. yeah so if you went back and listened to each individual track it, or you know yeah, you'd be like it's all there <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> makes you know, makes it makes mixing a little more fun but you know hey you know but it, say it was a pretty remarkable amount of separation still you know, considering, yeah. considering the volume, yeah. Um, yeah. We, for engineering nerds out there, he uses he used almost no dynamic mics anywhere. Really, so it's all condensers and ribbons. Yeah, and um, I think his guitar sounds deserve more attention and credit than they ever tend to get. Everybody get freaks out about the drums, of course, because it's the most fun thing to record. But still, sure. Yeah, yeah. That's good. You you spend a lot of time setting up drums. Yeah. You know, before lots, you even get going, lots yeah. of mics that you got to worry about phase and stuff. But yeah. The, he did some interesting stuff recording guitars, I think. Well, sure. Pretty awesome. <laughs> that is that is that is yeah. cool. Uh, the album Bill is available now, right? It is. Yeah. On all the platforms that you would. Available where sold. Yeah. Exactly. And not sold. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and not sold. My God, it, it'll show up on your phone by the end of the day. <laughs> it's downloading right now. <laughs> it's downloading right now. It's like that U two album that nobody wanted. <laughs> that was so creepy. I just wanted it to was beyond that creepy. Was so invasive. It kind of pissed me off. <laughs> me too. You know, it's like, and it's not like I don't like you two. It's like I'm okay with the it band, but I didn't ask for this. <laughs> I just scrolled past it in my iTunes collection the other day. I'd forgotten about it. Yeah. I think it also made us all unable to continue to pretend that everyone doesn't have access to us all the time. You know what I mean? I was right. Like, oh, so it really is just this simple. Like you two can just send me an album and whether I want it or not, there it it's is. Coming. You're stuck with it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and the story that I'd heard was that the band had paid Apple. Yeah. The, the, you know, the, the money to, to handle all of this. Right. So they bought you a copy is what yeah. it boiled down to, but they did it so they could say they had a platinum selling record. Yeah. yeah. For I think yeah. that they were trying to sort of 
they bite, cheated. They were trying to bite Prince's rhymes because Prince was the person who innovated the idea that with musicology, if you bought a ticket to see him live, they handed you a copy of the album when you walked through the door. Right. So those were sound scanned. And so by that measure, Prince's album ranked a lot more highly than it would have had it just been based on like internet and out, you know, and organic you know, record store sales. You know, free choice. Right, free choice. But <laughs> yeah. it was kind of great because it was like you could in that scenario be like pass and it still would have gotten sound scanned you know what i mean it just came with the ticket but i think prince was the first person to do that right right and even that though because you know you're actively going to the show yeah and and you know that you already like him you already like it was was an interesting insight into how people psychologically respond to having something readily available to you without having to do anything yeah it wasn't positive no (laughs) yeah my my dad has an iphone and he's like what's this band what is amazing? What is this? <laughs> you know, he's eighty years old. He doesn't. He doesn't, What does he care about? A lot of different you know, answers to that question. This, <laughs> what's this new wave punk rock? What is? What is this stuff? What is this noise? What is all this? Yeah. Uh, no, no, that's fantastic. Uh, before we grab a break, I have another tune. Yes, please. Uh, what do you think? Saw and heard. Yeah, why not? Let's do saw and heard. We'll do saw and heard. What's the story behind that tune? Saw and heard is about. Um, is about claiming your experience as an abuse survivor it's a it's a heavy story yeah and saying i because the other I, song was light right all my songs yeah it was light. so light horrify <laughs> was just, <laughs> just you know to, just that was for to, the kids yeah. yeah i just like to write light pleasant music uh yeah song heard is about sitting with the realization that you survived something and sitting with that realization years later but saying no i actually remember exactly what happened and i'm i'm able to acknowledge it today for myself and and free myself of whatever it was doing to me I got you. So you, you basically what you're telling me here is that pretty much everything you write comes from personal experience. It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of rock and roll is about fantasy and weird, you know, type of things that don't necessarily exist. I or... hope to get there. I'm, you know, I'm working toward that. No, no, write to what you write what you know. That's yeah. you know, that's where it's at. Yeah. Blues guys have been doing that for generations. You know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, I come by it honestly. I don't write about. I don't speculate. I don't write about your experience. I don't claim your, you know, hardships and truths for you. Or dreams or anything like yeah, that. No, yeah, no, this is, this is my story. And um, I feel like the music that I heard wherein people were telling the truth when I was a young person yeah. was really important and foundational for me. Uh-huh. And so I, I think that that still has a place in music today. Oh, that, sure it does. Yeah. Give voice to the truth. Your truth if it's authentic. Yeah, absolutely. And if there's somebody <laughs> out there that happens to relate to that, even better. Yes, that's exactly the point. I got you. Well, here it is. This is uh, Saw and Heard right here at Radio Above Us. <laughs>
there it is. Uh, Friendship Commanders saw and heard is the name of the uh, song off of the off the album Bill. Uh, I, let me, I was going to ask you when you when you when you're playing live, yeah. And you know, of course, people are out having a big time because you're you're creating a big sound. Yeah. You know, they're they're out there. They're wanting to throw down, have a big big old time. Do you, do you find that that the message is is still getting through? Sometimes, sometimes people just have a response to the sound and the energy, and they'll. I mean, we have played shows where people have started moshing like the second note that we play. Yeah. So I have no idea what they're hearing because they're just in the physical sort of throes of their own experience. Mm-hmm. But there are definitely people who do, do hear the message uh we've definitely had people cry at our shows and or come up to me and just want to embrace me because something resonates or connects in some way right so, um i feel like the music matches the message yeah so it's a mixed bag of I responses think, yeah i think the physical emotional response would be similar yeah. to me anyway yeah i could yeah. see that yeah because it's it's one of those things like you know people that are going to the show they know that they're going to go out and have a, at least a good time. You yeah. know that they're they're actively getting there to the venue. They're actively paying the cover. They're actively p- participating in the program, and and they may not necessarily realize that they're about to be served something that they may connect with beyond what they expected. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Because depending on how they came upon the show or came upon us, they you know they might have just different data about it. Some people are like, oh, they make loud music. Oh, they made a record with Steve Albini. Oh, they, you know. But the, I think the people that have become our actual listeners and that follow our work they definitely know well sure yeah i mean they're like they're there for the message <laughs> well well sure and that's that well that's the beauty of, of fandom you know once once you have those core listeners once you have those fans and they you know that your message is not getting lost with them yeah you know because they can go back and listen to it and they go oh wait i never caught that before and right you know this this, this is a similar situation you know yeah that's 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 a beautiful thing thank you you know because I, I know it's it's a lot of work putting on. Because I mean, you guys are you're averaging what two two and a half minutes of tune here, so you blow through what thirty or forty songs on stage. <laughs> for real, it's yeah. a lot. And we, when we opened for Red Fang last year, we were the only opener, and they said you have to play for forty five or fifty minutes. And we thought, oh, oh that's god, an enormous amount of music. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know I mean? We play hard, so we feel like dying after a half an hour. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thirty five minutes is a that's, is a full time for us. <laughs> that's a long. That's a long show. You know. It's funny. We have there are songs we played at that show we haven't played since because yeah, we, we had to fill had the to, space. We yeah. haven't had to do a show that long again. Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> it's not expected of us. Oh, oh yeah, was it? Uh, some of the older punk guys around town and they still get together because they just they just love doing it, you know. Yeah. And uh, one of the guys who's I don't know I don't know how old he's probably in his late forties now and he said. He, he he gave me the probably the best line. I heard it from from a blues guy long before this, but this guy just nailed it. He said, "You know what what I what I used to enjoy doing all night now takes me all night to do." Yeah, you know. Yeah. He comes out from a, that twenty or thirty minute blistering set, and he goes, "Man, I'm tired." Yeah, and if you're not like, if you're not in shape, if you're not doing that all the time. I mean, even if we take like two weeks off and yeah. and don't revisit the music in that time, yeah. when we that first rehearsal is punishing for for both of us. <laughs> I mean, we will be, yeah. and we have to be like. No gluten. No, I mean seriously, just to be like to not be bogged down, you know. So you're not you're not carving up before a, before a yeah. show, are you? Man, we are. It's like water, leafy greens. I mean, it's it's intense. Well, because it's, it's an interesting. Um, we don't play messily, so like we try to. No. Yeah, so it's like a it's somewhat technical while also being allowed constant scream for thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, we a steady a, howl. We tow a good line. Try to keep it all together somehow. We do, but 
Yeah, I know. I hope it works. <laughs> it's yeah. a fast. It's a fast half hour, though. It yeah. is a fast. On stage, it's incredible. Oh yeah, you blink and you miss it. It's incredible. Because you you're not dallying about between two songs either. You're, no, we don't do any speaking between set between songs. We just keep. You playing. don't you don't talk to the audience at all, do you? I change guitars at the end of the set for the last two songs, and yeah. so there's like about a 25 second break where I'm switching, and Jerry says the name of our band and that we're here from wherever, and yeah. thank you. Yeah, thank, <laughs> buy our records. Yeah. yeah essentially, that message yeah. gets in there. I don't speak find the ever. merch table. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's that's what you do. Yeah. Uh, right now here in the midst of the Nooner with Friendship Commanders all the way from Nashville. All the way from Nashville. Like it's like, you know, <laughs> 10,000 miles from here. No, it's just down the street, really. Uh, it's like far East Memphis. Right. That's that's what we'll call it from now on. <laughs> East Memphis. Just to East keep Memphis. everybody cool. Uh, they have a show tonight at uh, P&H. What time, is the, uh, what time is the show? 10 p.m. And Beg are up first. Yes. Local band. Yes. Excited to see them. 10 o'clock show, late night show over there. Uh, go there, go hungry, and uh, have you a big old time. Please do. Uh, to PNH on Madison. There. Bring your plugs. I think everybody's loud. <laughs> Everybody. Well, it's not like it's a big place. So. No, it's not. No. It's not. I know that stage, that dingy stage. I know it well. I know. You kind of have to play in front of the stage. The stage doesn't have a lot. It's, not much there, it's really. It's a tough space. We were, we were <laughs> it's a drum riser, really, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It is really a drum riser. I'll probably play on the floor. And that, that presents <laughs> awkward situations, too. I've bemoaned... Uh, People assuming the drums are always going to be in the back middle because we both set up a Oh, front yeah, we both play up front. You play side by side. Yeah, yeah, kind of cheated toward each other. Some yeah. venues, you can't do that. No. Yeah, That's well, right. most duos do that, though, don't they? Not yeah. all, but, yeah. It's, it's, It'd be kind of silly for you to be standing in front of the drums when it's... It seems absurd to me. Yeah. I mean, it seems like such a... It seems like there's a hierarchy in place for no reason at all. I know, right? <laughs> well, I'm out front, inexplicably. Most bigger shows I've seen now, the drummer is like somewhere cheated to the left, usually, or something. Hmm. They figured out it's better for sound, even. Right. So. Yeah. Well, uh, was it Cowboy Mouth that put the drummer right up? Of course, he sings, but, yeah, he's the but, but he's like up in the front, and everybody's kind of around him. Yeah, no. The first band I ever saw do that was Shellac, Steve Albini's band. Yeah. Tom Trainer always played front and center yeah. in that band. And it was great. They just played in a straight row <laughs> across the stage. <laughs> Why not? If you got the space to play and you're fortunate enough to be in, a, in that kind of a room. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so he'll be up on the stage. He'll be out on the floor. Yeah, I'll be in, out by the tables. Come see us. <laughs> <laughs> Get up close and personal. Yeah. You too can be on my stage with me, which is just the floor at PNH. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. Oh, it'll be a big time. How much is the cover for, for tonight? I think it's five dollars. I think it's very reasonable. Yeah, five dollar cover. Five dollar cover. They need to put that on. You know where it says "Welcome to Memphis." Five dollar cover. I know. I know. Uh, but that's everywhere, though. Sometimes there, seven dollar cover. There's a movement for ten. Yeah, once in a while. Ten is doable. I mean, that's you know. I feel like if you're seeing like a four band night, ten is a reasonable amount of money. Three bands. Four bands. You know. Three, three bands, bands is, the, is the key. Yeah, three is typical. I mean, in our when we play punk and hardcore shows, yeah. they have like mini festivals. Like well, yeah, five, because six, all y'all are playing <laughs> you're playing half hour sets. It's very short, yeah. You know, so if you've got like six six acts up there on that stage, you're gonna you know be in another like two or three hours, but you're gonna be you're gonna be worn out. In other news, we played a five band metal show last month, and it was like two and a half days long. Felt like it was so long. There metal were, sets are not short. There, no, there was a not. bit of social media uproar about this show <laughs> that happened in Nashville a while back. There was sixteen hardcore bands. Whoa! And uh, I think it turned out they put together two different stages, so one band would play in. Right. That, that's still. That's, that's a lot insane. of hardcore. I uh, I have a friend who used to play up in New York quite yeah. a bit, and he was telling me that the the music scene there was so. I don't know, thick is a good way to put it. Yep. But 
you know, you would go to a club, say, on a Friday or night, Friday or Saturday night, and they would get started like 7 o'clock, but there'd be like 12 bands throughout yeah. the night. Yeah. And it's an all, event. It's an event. <laughs> yeah. But that's because there's just so many musicians there, and they're all vying for these slots, and these clubs are not very big anyway because it's, you know, you're right there in the city, so you're, you're and everybody's, and it's still the same thing. It's like $5, $10 covers. Yeah. Well, and presumably dumb. people aren't even there for the whole night. They're coming to see one or two of those acts. Well, so sure. they're filtering in and out. There's a lot of shuffling going on, and you're hoping that you're able to retain some from the previous guys and some that are going to stay that past That is the you. name of the game. Yeah, and in theory, yeah. at yeah. least. But, you know, we all know kind of how that goes. You know? We sure do. Uh, last time I was in Los Angeles, there was an interesting article in the Los Angeles Times about this movement there to – and they didn't mention the word union, although they they hinted at it directly, is that musicians, we're, we, we should be paying these bands 100 bucks a man. Yeah. Tops, you know. Yeah. And, Can you imagine? What would it be like? Yeah. Well, it, it gets that gets interesting because to me, you know, as Memphis and Nashville being working musician towns, uh, you have the gigs that are the more working musician situations, right? Where there should probably be some sort of bottom, like, bo- like bottom, bottom, right? Bottom, 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 not no longer twenty five dollars a man plus tips, right? The best, but you know, you get into a band where it isn't really like individual; it's one unit. That's I feel like that gets abused a lot. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. The, the the business of the business is murky, dirty, That's weird, right. you know. And it's always the artist that gets screwed, which is it is. It's the commodity. That's where it's com- coming from, yeah. you know. And you can't, you know. There used to be a musicians' union here, you know. Yeah. And there's been talk about trying to bring it back for years, especially huh. especially over the Beale Street thing. But the problem is to force that into play because the the clubs aren't going to do it. You know they're not gonna. They're not, they don't want. They don't want. They don't want to unionize their the, the musicians at all. No. So what would happen is like, okay, all these musicians that are used to playing down on Beale Street say, "Screw you, we're gonna take this weekend off. We're going on strike." The problem is there's so many younger acts yeah. out there that it would just jump It'll out and just go. Get filled instantly. We'll do it yeah. for nothing. Yeah. And next well, thing you know, you're out of. That's the problem when you're trying to change the standard about something. It's, oh, it's there's impossible. always somebody that will go beyond the lines and be like, I'll do it. I'll do it because I want to get seen. I want to, you know. And I've been doing it for significantly shorter, and so I don't really yet know what toll this kind of right. thing takes on a person. Or, or and a then the venue sucks. And then, yep. you, know, you know, it's like, you know, like with with internet radio, as a, as a prime example here, we deal with so many artists from, from all over. Yeah. And because we're not controlled by the FCC or any federal regulations at all, Payola is a thing that exists in this industry. Yeah, of course, it did in FM, but it was very hush-hush because it was illegal. Yeah. But in internet radio, it's a wild west, right? And I fly, I was asked about it right when, when we built it, and I said, absolutely not will I, will I do that. Because if I if I have a band that is that is really, really good but don't have any money, and they don't go on the air because they didn't pay their way on, but then I got a bunch of shitty bands that have money, then my radio station is going to sound like ass. And it's going to sound like all those other stations. It's going to sound just <laughs> like that. They're operating by that, that system. <laughs> that's right. And I, I feel like you know, let's give let's give a band a break. And look, sometimes that's all it takes. You never know who's going to hear it. Yeah, we appreciate it. You we know. very much appreciate it. Oh, I mean, it's that's that's uh, it's no 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 worries. Um, we've got a couple more tunes I want to work in here before we cut you guys out of here. Let's uh, do it. Uh, what's what's what do we want to do next? Let's play "Women to the Front." It's one of my favorite songs to play live. Yeah. Why is that? 
Well, it's a proper hardcore song. Um, we play it toward the it's end. It's a of proper song. hardcore yeah. song. And yeah. so there's an improper one. There are some improper hardcore songs on our record, but this, this, <laughs> this <laughs> on our record. I like how you quantify that. Yeah, yeah, on our record. Sure. Yeah. No, but this is a proper hardcore song, and I, um, I heard this song in my head for months before I sat down and wrote it. And so I feel like it really belongs to you me. You just like playing that sick riff. I love playing the riff. I love it's the song. riff. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. So you do, do you do all the writing, or is it collaborative? You know, we have collaborated on this record. It's my writing. Yeah, yeah. It's your, it's it's your lyrics, your your changes, and he just it is. and he he goes from there. Well, and I bring them to him, and he has veto power. So I say, I br- here's a song. Do you love it? Do you hate it? You know, and then we work it up, and we see how it feels as friendship commanders. You know, because it, it really changes when Jerry starts doing what he does, and and he'll recommend like he really wanted the choruses of Horrify to be halftime. Right. He'll recommend those types of things within the the structure of the song it, it was funny on this side of the song being out it, it it felt like a revolutionary concept when we yeah when we worked that song up because everything prior had been way more on the punk arc leaning side yeah but it, now it's like the only way the song could work but and when i wrote women to the front when it returns to the riff after the first chorus jerry wanted that to not go back to halftime and i insisted that it did yeah. so <laughs> and you won that argument didn't i did you? Yeah. jerry won the horrify argument and i won this one i think it, i thought it was important to go back to it being heavier in the middle of the song sure sure more foreboding pick your battles <laughs> here's the tune women to the front is friendship commanders you're ready above us
Head to the Front is from Friendship Commanders from the album Bill. Oh, there you go. Yep. <laughs> There's that feedback. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> this album, is, according to what it says here, it's 2018. It was last year. Yep. Like, like the end of last year. End of last year. Yep. So it's eh, still new. It's still new. And yeah. I mean, we'll be touring on it for another year. Really? Honestly. Yeah. So it's a week at a time as you go? Is that what No, you're sometimes doing? we're out for weeks at a time or a month or so. This this run just happens to be seven days. I got you. And then you guys don't have like day jobs and stuff, do you? We do. Do we're, you really? We're both freelance and music. And yeah, it's a lot to sort of hustle together. But um, we love this. So we, <laughs> so we <laughs> well, that's it real. in. Yeah. That's, well, that's, the sacrifices must be made. Yeah, they must. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I totally understand. Hey, I guess the thought of a follow-up to Bill is... Probably lurking about in the back of your head, isn't it? It's it's being written. Is it being written now? Yeah, we're we're a handful of songs into that rec- the next record, um, and uh, it's heavier still. Keep going. It's yeah. heavy, yeah. I mean, and, and people say the record before this was called Dave, and it was. Um, I'll leave you with a copy. It's more punk rock than Dave, this one. Bill. Dave and Bill. Yeah. Next one's going to be John. Stay tuned. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stay, tuned. Stay tuned. Steve. Stay tuned for that name. Right. No Just kidding. a bunch of dudes' names. Is that what this is? I mean, sort of. Sort of unintentionally, but once we realized that that was happening, we were like, yeah, whatever. It, it's it's like that. It's like you're, like, you're, like you're naming something with a personality, which, you know, albums do have personalities. You know? They do. And we're not the first people to do this, right? The Replacements right. had Tim. Uh, Helmet had an album called Betty. Yeah. Um, Sam I Am had an album called Billy. I mean, it's been something that's been done. In our case, it just we didn't set out to do that. Well, of course, that's what makes it even better. I you know. know. <laughs> Dave it's, and Bill. It's part of the part of the artwork, you know. I had a dog named Bob, and people would, why would you name him that? It just happened. He exactly. Just, he just kind of fits it, you know. And again, we're always like, sort of like with the band name. I don't want to name our album like the most profound work of staggering genius that you've ever heard. You know what I mean? I just don't. <laughs> I don't. Titles like that. Yeah. <laughs> our EPs were named after uh, our animals, cats. Yeah, cats. Amos and Garfield. And but then when it came time to make a record. We named Dave after our friend Dave, and that was the end of it because we couldn't think of an album name. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Naming things is terrible. It is part. terrible. You have to live with it for the rest of your life. Well, yeah, you do. It's It you becomes know? a child. It and does. You, you know, and then you cut it loose into the world, and God knows what happens to it at that point. We still like these names, and people come up to the merch table, and they'll say, I'll take a Dave and a Bill, and it cracks. I love it. Oh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a cool yeah. thing. And it, you know, it at the end of the day you'll be able to name off all our records as if it's like a group of people yeah yeah totally i like this i like the the box set would be you know (laughs) know. all all the fellas or whatever you want to you know uh uh, with uh with your style of music i know with a a a lot of other rock bands especially in blues uh songs mature a bit as they as they head out onto the road and you're playing them a bunch does that happen with your stuff or is it It pretty or is it pretty methodical yeah, it sure does. I mean, we were just talking about this the other night. Like, if you sit down and play, I played along with the album on this break, this last two weeks we've been home, and the tempos have shifted around quite a bit, you yeah. know, as they do yeah. just when you've been playing them a bunch. Some are slower. Some are slower and heavier. Some have some speed up organically yeah. live, and we've, we play them much more quickly now. So now they're a minute and a half long. Um, <laughs> it started out as a lofty two minutes. Yeah. And also my vocal phrasing change. It does shift around, you know, as I've sung the song 150 times. You right, know, it right. starts to 
I don't know, I riff on it a little bit. Just yeah, play around with it some. You know. Yeah, and sometimes I get so into it, I realize I'm not singing at all. I've walked away from the mic, and I'm supposed to be back there for something pretty soon. So, um, yeah, it does change. But yeah. but as we said, you're, you're definitely, if you're listening to our record, you won't be surprised by what happens live. Uh, Friendship Commanders, uh, all the music is available uh, where sold. Um, yeah. uh, where can folks find you online? Do you have your schedules? Do you have your yeah. social media? you have a website? Uh, where, where, where are you We at? are Friendship Commanders everywhere. FriendshipCommanders.com. We are that on uh, Facebook and Instagram. And on Twitter, it's F Commanders because for some reason Twitter, hand, Twitter handles have to be shorter. <laughs> but F Commanders has a nice vibe it to sure it. sure does. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a good vibe. We're the F Commanders. I know. So we're, yeah, we're everywhere. Yeah. You can find us easily. Okay. Well, tonight, uh, those of you in Memphis need to head on over to the PNH over on Madison Avenue, right across from the Minglewood Hall, and uh, step in there at 10 p.m. for a show with Beg, Lisa Michaels, and Friendship Commanders. We sure appreciate the announcement. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for coming in. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up with this tune here, the last one. What you ravage? Yes, please. Thank you so much. I'm grateful what, to be here. What's the What's the story behind this one? Uh, the song is about. Uh, grief, and um, we recently released a video for it wherein I cut holes into the drywall of a room and place artifacts from a real relationship into the wall uh-huh. and then seal over it and paint it like it was never there. And right. It never happened. Right. And it was a, a piece about all the things that we each are carrying around that everybody else doesn't see or know. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> okay. Well, have fun with the show tonight. And uh, Thank you. Anytime, next time you guys are back in town, pop in and say hey, all right? Thank you so much, friend. <laughs> Here it is, What You Ravage, right here at Radio Above Us.
proceeding was produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated and originally aired live on Radio Memphis. Any offers or advertisement contained may not still be valid. All rights are reserved and copyright is held by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated, Memphis, Tennessee. For more, look for all the RMOD players at radio-memphis.com.